This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. You know, it's been a long time since I've been up here on a Sunday. Actually, the last time I was up here on a Sunday was just before pastors showed up on this very Sunday, 4th of July. You know what? I was going, pastor asked me if I wanted to speak last Sunday. I couldn't this Sunday. I said, okay, not going to be Sunday morning because that's when I spoke was on a Sunday morning, Sunday night. But it was, I don't know. Hey, it's crazy coincidence. I'll get into uh, explaining a little bit about me and myself and how the Lord has brought me to where I am able to actually speak in front of everybody here. It's been a... A challenging road. Um, I'm going to go on a brief testimony because, you know what, not everybody knows me because I've been kind of quiet and just to myself, pondering and meditating. There's a few of you that were here during Pastor Billings um, as pastor was here, you know, and that's where, I mean, the back row. Just you guys back there. I'm looking at your guys' fruit right up here. This is Mr. and Mrs. Pastor's fruit right here. Everybody here, and it's awesome to see you guys. I first came up to Barstow. I lived in North Hollywood, and I moved up to Barstow. My dad and his girlfriend, they weren't married yet, were on the way to Vegas. They broke down in Newberry. Okay, some people end up out here from the military, but I've moved out here because my parents broke down in New- my dad broke down in Newberry. I had no desire to live in Newberry. I didn't know anything about Newberry. All I know is he broke down. I, uh, you know, came up and visited one Christmas. I'm going to be very short on me because I want to get the focus back on the Word of God. But I just want to get, let you know where I've come from, where God brought me from, and why I can actually say I love Him. And why I can say He's had His hand on my life. A lot of roads, bumpies, mountains, and stuff like that. But you know what? He's always been there for me. I was 12 years old. Came up to visit my dad, his girlfriend, for a Christmas. I said, my dad said, why don't you come up and live here? No, I don't want to. Twelve years old. Okay. I said, okay, dad. The ultimate ultimatum for a twelve-year-old to give his dad. Buy me a BB gun. What else could a twelve-year-old want? Uh, just give me a BB gun. I don't think he, had any, he didn't have any hesitation on that one. Went and bought me a BB gun. Went down told my mom we'd like to go up and move to with dad. Mind you, we were camping full-time for years. We had no running water. We had no toilet. We had no electricity. We lived, six of us, in a small little camper, a little added room. I came from nothing at that point. I, I, I don't care. I mean, me and my brothers were having the time of our life. We didn't care whether we stunk, whether we were dirty. But we were just always in playtime in the middle of the desert, no buildings, no gunshots, because we came out of North Hollywood. So as I matured and got a little older, I started getting to high school, and girls, for some reason, seemed to be interesting after that. And I decided it was time to go move somewhere else where I can take a shower, and I started smelling, and I just needed to shave occasionally. And that's what happened there. I called them my assistant parents. I'm going to leave from leave from high school straight into Barstow, and then I got born. I'm going to, I got born again in February of 1988, and it was a great moment. I mean, it was a miraculous change. I, I was transformed. I mean, it wasn't a slow transformation. It was like, a, oh man, my mouth stopped, my drinking stopped. I didn't smoke. Unfortunately, I had a girlfriend that was a little tough to get rid of for the moment. Um, but that took some time and discipline. Not going to go into that one. Um, but any, I, oh, my dad, he did take me to a Pentecostal church out in Newberry. As I went to pastors, I showed him the little church. It was a little Pentecostal. I mean, this row was as big as the church. This section was as big as the church. But you know what? They moved in the Holy Ghost, and they praised and worshipped, and I didn't care. I got baptized Mormon. So... Then I got born again in 88, like I said. I and um, I ended up going to another church here in town. 
And then Pastor Randy came over here. I'm really making this brief. I'm skipping a whole lot of stuff. Pastor Randy came into, into this town. I knew that I didn't know what God wanted me to do. But all I knew is that you keep on progressing. You keep on moving forward in Christ. And I knew that I'm going to have to get up on a stage because he might want me to speak someday. So I forced my little tail to get up on a stage and make a fool of myself trying to play drums. Sometimes I still make a fool of myself trying to play drums. But you know what? Because of that push that the Lord pushed me to do, I'm able to stand before you and speak with only a little bit of cotton mouth because I know I got water right over here. Um, I came over, went from New Life Fellowship. Shouldn't have probably said that name, but delete that. They were a good family of mine. They were great friends. And I came and sat down. I knew I couldn't leave because I had a business. I knew I couldn't go to college. I heard that he had classes. I said, well, I'm, I need to progress. I mean, I'm teaching in youth. I'm on the board. I'm praising worship, doing the sound. I can't stop. I just need to move forward. When you're in Christ, if you think you've reached your pinnacle, you're going to start being stagnant and getting stale. Might become a dead branch where the Lord might cut it off and prune you. You've got to continually move and progress in Christ all the time. You can't stop. Not even. Pastor can't even stop. Pastor can't even stop. With all the kids, can't stop. You just got to keep progressing in Christ. I go, Pastor Randy, I got my friends over there, and I, I am connecting with you. I looked at his syllabus. I said, that's crazy. He goes, yeah, if you want it, you're going to do it. I had no choice. I had to do it. It was 18 courses, and each course had at least three to four books. They're back, most of them are back there, and two to four videos. And each one of those required read, watch, write a 250-word essay on what you got out of the book. He said, Chuck, this is college-level stuff. I'm not messing around here. I said, okay, neither am I. Didn't know what I was getting into. Um, And after each course, each one was done, needed a thousand-word essay on how it applies to the local church. All the time, I was reading and marking and reading and marking. He says, yeah, this is 18 courses, and if you're diligent, you can do it in 18 months, one course a month. I said, great. Seven years later, I completed all of that. Seven years. But you know what? I didn't quit. I kept going. I kept going and pushing. Of course, during that seven-year period, I was youth leader, praise and worship team, on the music, staff. I mean... I tell you what, unfortunately, it's sad to say the least I've done in church was in the past few years. And I'll get to that point in a minute. But it was grueling. It was tough. And I thought about SMTI, and I go, man, graduate UCLA, and now I've got to go to USC. I'm going, please, if you want to mature in Christ, sign up for the classes. And you don't even... Sign up for the classes, grow, mature, learn. You don't know where God has you, but you know you need to move forward in Him. You can't be stale, can't be stagnant, and yes, it is a commitment. Yes, it requires effort, and yes, it requires time. And you get deep in the Word, you learn the Word, you understand where the pastor's heart is is coming from. Most of all, you know and understand where God's heart is. We want to know where God's heart is. In all of this, knowing his word, the teachers were Copeland's, were Hagen's, Casey Tree. I mean, right in the same flow as Pastor Randy. And I haven't gone out and I haven't 
learned or from anybody else or got some crazy doctrine so that got into here that's going to blurt out here tonight to where a pastor's going to have to shut me down, say, okay, Chuck kind of went off base a little bit there. The same word. And I'll tell you one thing. Also, I probably forgotten more than I remember. Because I've been not in a teaching position, not in a leading position. When you're in that type of position, you tend to rekindle everything and you tend to feed it. You tend to want to make it work. But so, you know, with all of that being said, I got to get into the word. Do you have a little bit of understanding about me, where I came from? Just a little bit. We're going to just just a little bit. Because uh pastor said this isn't going to be my last time speaking. Oh, yeah. Let's get to that point. I told Pastor a few weeks back, I said, Pastor, I'm done building up businesses. I've got four businesses. I'm done. I can focus on the Word of God. My two-year-old boys are just about to the age where we're sleeping harshly through the night. My wife is allowing me to sleep through the night. Sometimes I still hear him get up and rattle, and you know, like Mrs. Pastor said, you know which child is walking down the hallway by their little footsteps. And we go, oh, here comes Edge. What does he want? Oh, here comes Brody. You you know the footsteps. And I didn't know that you could know that, and even though you said it, like, okay, yeah, really? You know, and listen to the ear. They're crying up there. Is that them? Wait, no, it's a different pitch. We're okay. You learn this stuff. Um, so all of that has changed in my life. And to be up here speaking, I consider it an honor to be up here in front of pastors, all four of them, in front of you guys, the congregation, the fruit of pastors. And it's, I don't take it lightly. And in my, my life, I've tried to discipline myself in business and wherever I am. If I can, if I, can't say it right here in front of you. I don't say it at all. Because you gotta walk the walk. Talk the talk. Live the life. And work has been my place of ministry, other than my wife and my children, for the past years. But I have missed teaching. And preaching. I don't know exactly what God has for me, but I know I am not stopping at Century Welding and Exhaust. I know I am not going to stop there. I am going to move forward in Christ. My wife and I and my family are moving forward in Christ. Together as a family. With you as family. With you guys. I want to say, if it wasn't for, I told Mrs. Pastor I'm going to get emotional occasionally. And here's an emotional moment. People have said that my wife would no way and I would make it. She's out of your age bracket. No, well, I'm out of her age bracket. Uh, you know what? You guys are from dinner, different dinner. You guys are just way wrong. I said, you know what? Okay. But you know what? Pastors believed in us. We believed in God. And we went forward and got married. Yes, I was married prior to my wife right now. And I'm not even going to get into that. But people were mad at me. All the blame going on me. Pushing it all on me. And I lost a lot of credibility. You know, I was coming up to be a speaker, a pastor, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here you go through a divorce. Man, you talk about getting knocked out. Getting the wind knocked out of you, saying you never ever want to get a divorce, saying you are in Christ and nothing else matters. You work through it, you fight through it, you pray through it, you just go through it until it works. But you know what? It didn't work. But for the grace of God and His mercy and the love of the pastors, I'm standing up here today because, I mean, really, I mean, you guys are standing, you guys are sitting here today and sometimes standing here today because of the love of the pastors. They, they, you've told them stuff in your life that you've gone through and that you went through 
and that you're going through. And you know what? It's okay. We can get through this together. We can do it. And they know exactly when to kick someone right out and say, get out of here. You're just messing with us. You're just wasting our time. But you know what? Each one of us has a testimony on how pastors helped us through our tough times. Each one of us. Every single one of us. I mean, we can give up and give a testimony of pastor on, oh, how we love you. Like, you know, just not worship, but just how we love what you've done for us. Um, I'm really not quite sure where I was going with that, but it was a good point. <laughs> it was a good point. And, um, oh yeah, because, you know, since it's been a while since I've been up here, I might go, boop, a couple little tracks, a couple off here, off there a little bit. But please, little bunny trails. I know how you get them, Pastor. Pastor Dave is just like, you're talking about here, and next thing you know, you end up in Egypt somewhere. But you know what? Truthfully, it's because of their love, God's love. And you know what? Because I also had enough word in me. Believe me, going through divorce, when you're in that kind of a situation, as coming up as a minister or whatever, people in the city look up to you. Oh, Chuck, he's, oh, yeah, he loves the Lord. He works, he's a good servant of the Most High. They're great. It's like, ah, I said, tell people, stop. For some reason, you keep talking about me. Don't talk about me. Talk about Christ in me, please. Then, bam, it all come down and people just went their own separate ways and it was a catastrophe. But because I had enough word in me and loving, caring pastors, I knew that even though I wasn't up teaching, I wasn't up preaching, and I wasn't up leading youth group, I wasn't up in junior high, and I wasn't up in children's church, and I wasn't up in all of them, or on the staff, or on... I knew I stuck back in that soundboard. And I stood, I stayed in the church. I stayed. You stayed. You fought. You fight. You push through the garbage. You can't give up. Believe me, I do have scriptures up there. But however, you do push through it. And then I got off of there. And then we got married. I said, you know what? I'm ready to get up on stage again. Because I'm definitely not going to get up on that stage. If I'm not living right, if I'm going to bring shame to the Lord, I'm not going to touch that stage and I'm not going to get behind this pulpit. And nobody else should. Because this place right here, this is holy ground. I'm going to get into that too. We need to live holy because He is holy. And have enough sense to... Okay, you know what? I gotta get my life right. I gotta work on it. Um, there was an individual, I'm not gonna say where I know, but what's church or, but he was going to church, worshiping the Lord, and I said, hey, where you been? Ah, I can't go there no more. Well, why? Cause man, I keep lusting after someone. I keep lusting after someone's wife. I go, is it mine? <laughs> Gotta ask that question. Okay. No, it, it wasn't. Okay. Now we can move forward with this conversation. So I go, okay. And he opened up to me and talked to me. And yes, I did find out who it was, but it doesn't, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I said, you know what? I understand. Okay. Not quite, but I get it. I'm a man. You need to probably get in the front row of the church, communicate with the pastors, get delivered, work on renewing your mind, stay plugged in. Somehow stay plugged in. Okay, and if you can't do any of that, get out. It's time to go. Work on your own salvation without corrupting or having any issues in here or leaning anybody astray or doing anything like that. Hey, you stop going to church. I said, you know what? 
I still love you. I still pray for you. You're my buddy. But you're missing it. So, like I said, there's stuff we go through in life and things that happen in our lives that we need to stay plugged in to Christ, submit to pastors, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I um, had a lot of messages to go go on tonight, but I, the one thing I do want to say, one of the messages was, you know, if we're submitting to pastors, we're submitting to Christ. If we're willing to do what the pastors ask of us and need us, need us to do as the head of this body, Christ is the head of the church, the pastor, we're submitting and we're willing to do what the pastors need us to do. We're submitting to Christ. We're being obedient to Him. So, look at that authority and understand where it comes from. I got asked this one question. Pastor, what time? How much time do we have? I mean, I, I know average 45? 45 minutes. I'm only two minutes into this. Praise Jesus. Matthew 22, 14. This is a story. I'm going to go right up to this little story here to where a king was planning a wedding for his son. Now, all the guests did not want to show up. King got mad. I'm briefing, making a paraphrasing it. King got mad at the ones that weren't coming, so he called others to come over to this wedding feast. So the others came, and one individual showed up. The king walked up to him and said, Hey, what are you doing here? I'm paraphrasing still. I'm not quoting the Bible, but you get the point if you read it. You don't have wedding garments on. From what I've read, the king usually gave out the wedding garments for the people to wear to the wedding so they knew that they were there. But this person tried to come in on his own free will and wear his own thing, not what the king had the the suggested attire that he should wear. Now, this is going into a born-again believer. There are those of us, not us, there are those out there that were trying to get into the kingdom of heaven without the blood of Christ, without the proper garment. So this is a parable. You can read it later. And that person who did not wear the right garment, he was cast out in the outer darkness. He tried to come in his own way, do his own thing. The king did not approve. Just like God does not approve someone trying to come in to his kingdom not the right way. You cannot go in through Charles Taz Russell, Jehovah Witness. You cannot go in through Joseph Smith. Okay, our Mormons. You cannot go in through the Hare Krishna. Okay, you cannot get in through the Buddhists. And not only that, there are people out there that say they are Christians and that they are pastors. You cannot get in if you're following the wrong teaching. I mean, even goes as far as that. You cannot, but I'm, I didn't know. Yeah, but you were a blind sheep being led by the blind. Study the word. Get Berean about what is being spoken. You don't have to worry about it at High Desert Word Center. Because the word, infallible word of God is being taught here from many different angles, from many different perspectives, and mine, a different perspective. Okay, the scripture is, for many are called, but few are chosen. This right here was right after that individual was booted right out of the wedding. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the title that we're going for is the called or the chosen. I can look around here and I can see that there are, everybody in here, that I can, that I, as far as I know, is born again. So therefore, guess what? You've been called. You heard the call. You are chosen. You are chosen to be in a part of the kingdom of heaven. 
Let's blast right over there to 1 Peter 2.9. How do we know that you're chosen? Holy moly. You know what? I answered the call. Jesus called me. You know what? I felt something stirring in me. It's like, ring. Hi, Chuck. Hey, I ignored that call for a long time. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Yeah, I know. I got other things I want to do. I got other plans. Click. A few years later. Blink, Chuck. I'm still here. I know. I'm not going to use your name in vain. Talk to you later. Click. Okay. Finally, in February of 88, like I said, went into church. Okay. I'll go. I, I never blasphemed the Lord. I never took the Lord's name in vain. But I was kind of blaspheming the Lord by uh, ignoring the Holy Spirit, the one unpardonable sin, the one sin that you can't be forgiven of. It's just, okay. You just can't be forgiven of. But because of God's mercy, I got another phone call sitting in a church right next to my friend. I was shaking. He looked at me and goes, Okay, grabbed my hand and we pulled him up front. Pulled me up front. I go, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I go, oh, stop pulling me. He pulled me up front. I got to the altar of the evangelist. Laid his hands on me. And I bawled like a baby. I'm sorry, God. I know you love me. I am sorry for leaving you for so many years. You know, when you're crying, you just can't talk. But you know what? God is seeing our tears. Our tears are speaking loads. And from that moment on, life changed. It was different. Just like every one of you. Maybe you may not have been up there crying, but you said, Lord Jesus. Save me. I know I'm a sinner. Okay. And you went about, and then there was a slow transformation. You had to work it out with fear and trembling and slow. You keep coming to church. But for me, it was kind of drastic and, I mean, quick. Okay. Nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Each one of us were called, was called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are chosen. That's how we can say many are called, few are chosen. Now we are a chosen generation. Why? To proclaim his righteousness, to claim, proclaim his goodness. We are a royal priesthood. I had another message on royal priesthood and the temple veil and all kinds of stuff. When you're studying and you have, and you learn the Bible and you know what's going on, you go to study and you go, oh, I can go over here with that. Oh, I can go over here with that. Oh boy. Wait a minute. Where was I? I had to stop. Say, God, I want to go back to where you want me to go. And you got it. You just, have to do it. Now that we answered the call, now that we have realized that we are a chosen generation, now that we have the blood of Jesus that washed away our sins, now that we're there, now that we're born again, and now there are the hope of Christ and eternity lives within us, what next? Like I said, we're always growing, we're always moving forward. Let's go over to First Peter once again, chapter 1, verse 13. I did have it on my tablet right here because it's a different translation. Let's see if I can find it while you guys are looking. Let's see if I can find it before you. Because I am trying to get up into the modern age here and go and work with this. I'm working on it. I'm old school. I like my paper. Because you can just flip through it. There it is. You know where you wrote it. But this has a tendency to want to go anywhere it feels like it. And next thing you know, you're stumbling. I was reading... I'm not going to go there. don't matter. Okay. Verse 13. So prepare your minds for action 
and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in the world. There's a whole lot in that. We've got to prepare our minds for action. You know what? That action is not just sit on our high knees and I'm going to prepare my mind to do this. Yes, you've got to prepare your mind, but your, once your mind gets involved, your body has to follow. Your body needs to follow right along. Let's go into 14. So you must live as Christ's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. Back before we were born again, we didn't know any better. It was fun. It was exciting. We thought we had it all together. I mean, I had a good job. I had a nice vehicle. I had a girlfriend. What else could a 21-year-old boy want? I'm set. No. We, you know what? There's a lot of people out there right now that need the message that you have in your heart for them. There's a lot of people out there that, you're, that your life is a witness to them. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I am going to move over here to... Okay, so you turn sideways and this thing goes anywhere it wants to. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. I am holy. Be holy, for I am holy. I guarantee guarantee you that your friends out there and the people that are not holy, even if you walk in the room, they're going, oh no. That person's here. We need to stop this and stop that. If you don't have that effect, I'd be wondering about your walk. If you can walk into a place and they're all in there, oh yeah, hey baby, you come on in. And they keep on with their jokes and they keep on with their language and they keep on what they're doing. Take a moment and really do a self-evaluation of not everybody else but yourself. As a Christian, as a believer, as someone who wants to be obedient to Christ. Because we are, people are looking at us. They, they want hope. Because right out now, this, this world is going crazy. I had an argument with my, I didn't argue with my dad. He said, Chuck, Jesus is going to come in 222 years. I said, how do you come up with that? He goes, because I'm going by the Jewish calendar, and it goes, uh, 222 years. I said, great, Dad. Jesus is still coming now. He goes, no, he's not for you, Dad. For anybody out there, the moment you take your last breath, that's it. You stepped into eternity. You have no other option. There is no purgatory where your loved ones are going to sit there and pray you out, and hopefully you make it. Ay, 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 chihuahua, come on. <laughs> just read the Bible. If, if people just read the Bible and get a grip. But you know what? People are reading you. People are reading us. Sometimes we don't look like we want to be read. Sometimes we have to fake a smile. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is good. You can't, you can't. Yes, Pastor, I am right with you when people put all their garbage on Facebook. Oh. Come on, now, now that not only are you confessing what you're saying with your mouth, you're putting it on paper and telling the world what you're doing, putting it in the... Okay, don't put it on Facebook. If, if, if you have a beef with an individual, what are we supposed to do? Lay it down, the, lay our gift down on the altar, go and talk to that person, I'm sorry. Us guys sometimes have a really tough time of doing that. Because you know what? We're pretty stiff-necked. We're proud. We figured it out. We got it all together. So we think. But we have to get rid of our pride and confess our sins to one another. That's what the Bible says. Hey, if you can't confess your sins to a good, healthy brother or sister, go to the pastor's. 
All of them. They will pray you through it. They will help you through it. Yeah, that's awesome. I tell you what, God is such an awesome God. So, our hope is in Christ. And that's where we're, that's where we're gonna stick with, and that's where we're gonna flow. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Pastor has been speaking on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he touched into this. But I am, I am leading into, I am building upon the precept on what Pastor's talking about on Wednesday nights. If you are not familiar with all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fivefold ministry, and the gifts of the individuals that you are called to, not all of us are fivefold ministry. We're we're here to serve. We're in the party of Christ. You know, truthfully, I am serving Jesus. Where I am at in the fivefold ministry, we got pastors, we got servants. Pastors are still servants, but they're in the fivefold ministry. They're in teachings. We still serve. Twelve, twelve. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of the one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. Okay. Here is where I'm going to go into the fact that we are many members. This is a transformation place. As if we are to look at this body, look at this word and say we are many members. We are the body of Christ. Yes, we are the body of Christ. But you know what? This is one place to where you're a member, you get born again, you become in the body of Christ. You know what? You become part of the body. Some might be a toenail. Some might be a thumb, a hand, a wrist. Some might be the stuff between the toes. But at least you're on the body. Okay. Some elbows, armpits, you know what? You're in the body. Okay, that is merely a starting point. Once again, it's merely a starting point. This is why we're always constantly growing. We're always being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're always walking forward. We're always being challenged and not being stagnant. Stagnant waters brew brew lots of diseases. Dead trees get pruned. We gotta, okay, we gotta prune off our branches, dead branches, so that we can blossom. And that, those normally dead branches are considered sin. When we get born again, our spirit's a new individual. Our spirit is born again. Our soul, it has to be worked on. And our flesh just needs to be crucified. That means the battleground between our flesh and our spirit is going to be in our mind. That's why we constantly renew it. We constantly get it changed. We constantly renew it. And then we cut those branches off. Um, I will say that when I... I told Pam that I might bring her up, but I'm going to bring up Desiree instead. <laughs> Sorry. You know, when Desiree and Jesse first came to church, where did you guys start out at? In church. Where were you, what were you working at? You were in the party garage. You were vacuuming the floor, cleaning. You know what? Oh, Jesus, I love you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to vacuum your floor. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. You know what? God saw you. Pastor saw you. Promotion time. You're still in the body of Christ, but you're getting moved. We're getting moved. I don't know where you went next, but I know that she's in children's church. And I know she went through SMTI. And I know she's pushing forward. But this body of Christ that we are in, has the ability to mature. Not like our body. If my finger gets cut off, yeah, they might try and sew it back on, but it might be a little different. You know, I might lose it. Okay. However, in the body of Christ, you may think yourself a toe. You're waiting. Now you're a shin. A kneecap. You're working your way up. You might end up being a pastor. You might end up being... A prophet, evangelist, teacher. Where do you start? 
You start by acknowledging that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then He saved you and set you free. You never forget it. You can't forget it. Because He will pull you up as long as you commit and submit. Commit and submit. I lost my glasses. They're right here. Is anybody getting anything out of this? I don't know when my 45 minutes started. So therefore... I can actually call, I don't know. So, but, but I did get a tall tale. When you guys start, start getting bored or falling off in sleep and I start seeing your tummies rumble because you're hungry, it's time to move on. Okay. Notes are awesome. Fun to follow until you can't read your own writing. Has anybody ever done that? It's like, ah, that's a good note. What did I just say? Actually, I'm getting nearer the end because I just needed to get to you guys and tell you about that. But I do have, I cannot leave men untouched in this aspect here. I had Mrs. Pastor send me something that she uh, said last week. Extremely important and very valuable. I will say this right here. This is according to data collected by Promise Keepers and the Baptist Press. If your father does not go to church, even if the wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. If father does go regularly... Regardless of what the mother does, between two-thirds and three-quarters of the children will attend church as adults. If the father attends irregularly, between half and two-thirds of the kids will attend church, some as a regular adult. This is just one point right here. I'm going to go to the last section here as soon as I can get in there and find it, like I said. Another survey found that if a child is the first person, person in a household to become a Christian, there is a 33 to 5% probability everyone in the household will follow. Okay, 3 to 5% if a child gets born again. Only. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability everyone else in household will follow. Okay, we're getting better. We're going from the children to the mother. However, and it says however. I didn't know that. I'm going however. When the father is first, there is a 93% probability everyone else in the household will follow. Can you, 93%. Can you imagine that? 17, mama, who is always dragging their kids to church most of the time? Mamas. Where are the dads at? This is where I get kind of fruity on you. I am looking at our youth and our children. And I am seeing that as soon as kids are brought up out of high school, bam, they're off to college. They're gone. Where do you see them? I mean, where do they go? And I look back, and how many of their dads we're in church. And then how many of their dads were actually being an example at home to their kids while going to church? I look at the young adults. I don't know statistics. Pastor Dave is a stat man. I'm not a stat man. Okay? But it doesn't take much to see that we're short young adults. Okay. And we're short some teenagers. We have a college right up here. So if people are going to college, they're leaving High Desert Worship Center going to college, why can't we pull them into college? So, and I'm sitting there praying about it, thinking about it, wondering. I wonder, and this pastor had a point that she didn't even know she was mentioning. Men in the church. Men teaching in the church. I'm sitting there, and I, when I went to my daughter's camp out, Miss Leah put on, and I'm out there, 
just taking care of my daughter and I'm an observer. I do sit back and watch a whole lot. And I am watching the little boys, the men, the little boy, the future men, being rebellious, being disruptive, being little boys. And I'm looking around. Where's the man? Where's the man? I'm sitting there going, I almost started crying. I almost started crying, really. I was back there holding back my tear because I'm wondering if by chance that the fact that there are few men teaching children's church, junior high, high school, are the even the daughters might be looking for a male figure to look up to because God designed the structure. Christ is the head of the church. Oh, I just blew it. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Anyway, man is the head of the wife and so on and so forth. Okay, he designed authority and headship. So, I... And challenging men. It's probably okay where you're at. Maybe God God specifically has you there. However, as I let off at the beginning, time to grow. Time to move on. Don't get stagnant. Don't get stuck in your position. Move forward in Christ. Probably get under the teaching of the pastors under SMTI if you haven't. But I'm too old for this. Oh, I can't do this. I tell you what, I'm a busy guy. I'm not even, I'm going to tell you a little bit how busy I am. But however, my block of time that I get to study and prepare is between probably 12 o'clock at night and 6.30 in the morning. Holy moly. I am fully a night person. My wife is not fully a a night person. She likes me to be in bed and comforting her and hold her so she can fall asleep in peace. So what do I have to do? I have to discipline my rear end to get up out of bed in the morning. Have mercy on me. Lord, help me out here. Start, start praying my tongues. But you know what? Because I know me being a man, that if I don't put Christ first, my family is going to suffer. My business is going to suffer. And my newly found redemption of Love Walk, I don't care what people are going to say about me from my past. If they got something to say about me in the past, I got something to say about them. And who's, only the devil reminds us of our past. I've been forgiven. I did not commit an unpardonable sin. Every one of us here needs to have that testimony in your life of what God has redeemed you from. So that it, so your life won't sway. And yes, it's funny how sometimes you just want the Sunday morning crowd to hear messages that you come prepare on Wednesday night or Sunday night. And, uh, but you know what? Everybody's here. I'm here. My challenge is for men to Rise up and be a part of a teaching. Be a part. But you know what? It's going to require sacrifice. Because, you know, we got pastors here that have to look at you and approve of you. They have to approve of your headship, of your your life. They're, they may be looking around and being observant, but their eyes are wide open. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is letting them know what's going on. So you, you, you try and blow smoke over their eyes, they're going to go, their head's going to go this way. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll get back to that. They'll do it. And it's awesome that I'm looking forward to the future of High Desert Word Center. I'm, I want to see, I am excited to see where it's going to go. There is only Four of you back there from Pastor Randy. Everybody else has left. 
gone. And I'm sitting there going, okay, there's time. You know what? I can go. What? Where would I go? I got more word in me than any place else I know of where I can go. And, you know, God doesn't have me moving anywhere. I'm going to stay here. And all my friends are gone. All my loved ones are gone. You guys stuck it out. You guys are here. So this is a new generation of High Desert Word Center. We're, yeah. All right. Get, yeah. We are going somewhere. We're not going to be outer north part of Barstow. We're a fly bugging me. We are going to actually have a dent in this area. A lot of people don't like, like driving out here. You hear that excuse? You got to my LA. If I'm going to go to Victorville, why drive the movie, watch the movies? Where'd your head at? Well, you know what? Sometimes I get kind of bold like that and at work. Um, because I can. It's my shop. <laughs> I, I, I trap this one individual. I go, you're in my shop now. Here you go. You came to me. So, um, truthfully, guys, I do want to say, if there's anybody out here, you've always got to have a call, altar call. If there's anybody, any male out there that God is working with you on, that, that God is working with you. Stand up. Not right this second. Stand up. Talk to the pastors. Get committed to the pastors. Submit yourselves to pastor because you don't want to see all these high schoolers and you don't want to see all these college age students, young adults. You don't want to see our kids going out to the world. So my wild oats kind of garbage is that? You know what? You know, you just go sin. No, basically, I just want to go sin. I just want to go do what I want to do. Men, we probably have a pretty big role in ushering the return of Christ. Think that about that a second. You might be responsible. You might be a part of responsibility of helping the return of Christ. And if it spreads, it spreads. But men, stand up. Get involved. It's okay to be where you're at now, but not to be comfortable where you're at now. That's what I want to say. It's just move forward. Is there anybody in here that has not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? You guys go ahead and stand up. I'm going to wrap this down and probably just turn it over to Pastor. Unless you want me to ride this one all the way out. I'm going to ride it all the way out. You guys can do a little bit of guitaring and a little, little bit of singing over there. I know that God has a plan for you, for me, for High Desert Word Center as a family. As a whole family. And we can do it. We can move forward. There's vision for the future. But we need warriors we need workers that can handle it. Amen. Not only spiritually, but physically. I was going to get into physical exercise, but not even going to go there. You've got to get in shape in order for where God's going to take us. Because if your body's flat out tired, you can't, your spirit's willing, flesh is weak. Okay, let's change the week. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.